Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Welcome to our evening time of worship through a study of the Word of God. Our theme for today is discipleship. So I invite you into a study on that topic. However, one of the things that happens often is the intention of a lesson at the beginning of the week changes by the end of the week. Or at least the lesson might expand and have a little more to it than it was. Such is the case. For in the beginning I thought about talking about the church's role in the disciple-making process. We're going to include that. But if I were to start over now, I would rename this sermon, and I intend to. I would rename it as, The Disciple-Making Process is About Imprinting. Many years ago, Rolling Hills Camp, we had an evening when there were some people who came to visit. A lady came, and with her were her, I think it was one or two, ducklings. Now, of course, everybody wanted to see those ducklings. Here's what happened. They were her ducklings. For those babies had imprinted on her as their mother. And so at camp, when she opened the box, they looked for her and found her. And everywhere she went, those ducks were right there with her the whole time. Interesting. Imprinting. So I was reading about that a little bit. All kinds of animals imprint. I read today about a man who was doing some research on imprinting. And he decided to hatch a number of turkeys and see if he could get them to imprint on him. And he did it. And the first one that did came over and rubbed his head against that man's face, thinking, oh, that's mama. I also read where in the zoo, when sometimes when a panda is young and mom has died, they will try to help that panda by having a head and it moves with like a puppet. And in China, they go full bore and they, some human will dress up like a panda bear so that those pandas can be taken back into the wild. If they imprint on a human, they can't go back in the wild. And so in China, they actually will go the full dress to make sure the panda imprints on an image that will get them back in the wild. Well, I think that's just fascinating. Of course, when you read stories like that, you also have to read the obligatory explanation that says, oh, this happened through evolutionary process. 
We all know what the word for that is, right? Say it with me, hogwash. That's just not it. You know, God designed it that way, and it works. Here's what's interesting. There are so many lessons that God designed in nature that when we learn the lesson, they fit us as his people. So this evening, I want you to think with me about how the discipleship-making process is all about imprinting. Let's begin in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Very well-known passage. We've talked about it many times. I've studied it. I've read it. And it never hit me before until today, studying, thinking about imprinting. The imprinting process says that in those early moments of that little baby animal, it is the right time for that animal to imprint on the first moving thing that is seen, and that's going to be the mode of survival. In fact, it has been speculated that the imprinting process determines for that animal whether it will survive or not. It also imprints an image that says, this is where my future is going to be as it relates to mating in the future. And so it is absolutely a survival mechanism. It's all about those first moments. Number one for tonight, the Christian home is the primary imprinter of discipleship. Let's start in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Number one, when God was getting ready for the people to go into the promised land, they're going to be in a strange land. Oh, it's their land. It's their new land. But they're going to be in a strange land. And therefore, they needed to be imprinted. They needed to be imprinted with whatever was going to help them survive in this new land and as God's people. And therefore, he said to the parents, you need to make sure that the message is presented. The message of imprinting is real simple, at least in theory, in concept, in idea, not in practice. There is one God, and He should have your full attention. Now, that's what God said to these parents taking their children into the new land. He was saying, I want you to imprint them on God. You make sure that they understand that the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. God wanted them to imprint the message of truth, the truth from which all truth comes there's one God, and He is the God over all. And then He said, now that you know the message to imprint, He says, now I'm going to give you the method 
to imprint. Verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Imprinting this message for those people said, teach them about God. Parents, main job is to teach. Oh, it's also to protect. It's also to feed and clothe and take care of. But the main job of a parent is to teach because survival is necessary. If they don't know how to survive, if they don't know the truth of what's coming down the road, the truth of what their life is going to be or could be, they can't survive. And so God said, I want you to teach the message. Parents imprint on their children the message about God. Parents who teach their children, for instance, homeschool. Homeschooling is a great way for some families to operate, and, and they're very concerned about that. And I'm glad that there are families who are so concerned about education that they want to keep it close to them. But are they as concerned? about teaching God as they are about teaching math. Parents teach the principles that will help their children one day to do good in school, to do good in business, to find and have good friends. But parents who don't teach their children about God don't imprint them with what is necessary to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Number two, talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. God said to his people, talk about it. Make it a constant conversation. What kinds of things are you and your families talking about a lot? What kind of conversations are you having? What things keep coming up to discuss inside your families? And in every day, what kind of things do you talk about? Let me ask you something. Think back over the last week. How many conversations did you have in your families about things related to God this past week? Do your children hear you talking to them about God? Do they hear you talking to others about God? For as they listen to us talk, they are imprinting God in their minds. Number three, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. 
sins. Obviously, for the point of making every one of these a T, just because. And yet it's the point of this thing. What did he tell them to do? He said, I want you to carry it with you everywhere you go. Transport. They did it by carrying pieces of Scripture. Some of them had what's called a phylactery, and they had a little box here. And, and inside that box of their headband, they would write Scriptures. Or they would carry them on a wristband. One of our young people, I think it was Wednesday, reached into his back pocket and said, look at the little Bible that I found and I keep with me. It's about two inches by three inches. I don't know how many people actually could even read it. Uh, I was able to, but the point is, he had it with him. It was in his pocket. And the mere fact of holding it in his pocket everywhere he went says something to his mind. It's imprinting. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a Bible sitting in a vehicle that you travel in? Do you have the Bible downloaded on your phones, on your computer, when you're driving? Do you ever turn on tremendous spiritual food? Hmm, maybe like church debater and preacher Mike? There's one you could try. Or how about just audio Bible where somebody else actually reads it to you? God said, I want you to imprint God on your children by having them take His Word with them everywhere they go. Finally, verse 9, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What I think he's saying is this. Train them so well in Scripture that they can actually, while they're going out the door, they could stop and say, oh, here's another message from God, and they can just write it out. Train them to become familiar with God's Word. That's a way to imprint God, making sure that they are trained in it well so that when they pass through the door, it's written there, and they can write it. And everywhere they go, they are reminded of Scripture. Parents, Christian homes are the primary imprinters of the discipleship process. But number two, the church has a role in this imprinting process. The church has a responsibility as it relates to this very idea. We have a job to do. We're involved in the process. Sure, the parents are supposed to be the primary source, but the church 
has a role. The text that we began with is interesting for a lot of reasons. One of them is this. As the church began there in the city of Jerusalem, it spread through people leaving the persecution of Saul, and therefore it went to other places. And by the time we get to Acts 11, the church is now in Antioch, and they're hearing about these people who have obeyed the gospel. And the church in Jerusalem was concerned about those new Christians. And so they sent somebody up there to check. They sent Barnabas up there to find out how they were doing. See what I think? I think he's saying the church should care about those who want to be disciples. And we have a role in this disciple-making process. We are part of the imprinters. You know, we should, number one, support the primary imprinters. As a church, we need to make sure that we are supporting our Christian families who are training their children and imprinting Jesus on their hearts. Therefore, what we do as a church is directly related to the discipleship-making process. And we are there to support those families adding to what they are doing. But number two, it is also the case that there are some that don't have Christian families. There are some who are doing it sort of on their own. Now the church becomes their primary imprinting source because we are a family. The Bible idea of the church as a family happens a lot. I'm thinking of Ephesians 5, and after talking about the relationship, the physical relationship of husbands and wives, he then says, I tell you a mystery. But this is about Jesus and the church. He talked about physical families to talk about Jesus and the church. The church, therefore, is the family of Jesus. And we should act like a family. And especially when there are people who don't have Christian families to help them. This church should be their primary supporter, their primary imprinter of Jesus. Because through him, after him, the entire family on heaven and earth is named. We are imprinters. And as imprinters, we're supporting the parents. And we're becoming the imprinters for those who don't have it. But number two, the message that we are imprinting is truth. The message that we are imprinting is truth. Listen to the words that Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 3. These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the church of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. 
Just as God told those people in the Old Testament, you imprint the fact that God is God and he's the only God. He is saying, the church, now, we have a job to imprint the message of the truth into the lives of those who are Jesus' disciples. I could spend, as we all could, not just an entire sermon, but we could spend many classes just talking about what it means for the church to stand for and hang on to the truth. But let me let Paul say a thing about it. Right after he said, the church is the pillar and ground of the truth, listen to what he said in chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meats. What? Truth is going to be challenged. Truth is going to be left behind. And right before he warned that there was a coming departure, he said the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. We must hang on to the truth. As a church, we need to make sure that we are rooted and grounded in Scripture, not in fads, not in culture, not in personal whims and desires, not in the individual likes and dislikes of people, but in the message of the truth of the gospel and everything that means. We better be a church that are helping imprint Jesus in people's minds by hanging on to the truth that we find in God's Word. So then, like God told those parents, how does the church imprint the message? Well, just like he gave those parents a method to imprint the message, how does that apply to us? We help people imprint Jesus through our teaching of the Word of God. We need to emphasize teaching the Word. Emphasize getting the message in front of our people. Aren't we ready to get back to more Bible classes where we used to be? I am. I think you are, and it's coming. Our children need the support of this church hearing about Jesus in addition to what their parents are doing. And we as adults need more teaching. I honestly think, however, I really do. I've thought about this now. I honestly think there have been more opportunities for adults to study the Word of God during COVID than we've ever had before. 
Because before COVID, we were concentrating on what we're doing here at the building. But I have heard and seen more pop-up opportunities through Zoom, through small group, through all kinds of things online to help people study more during this past time than I've ever seen when we were together fully. Oh, I'm ready to get back together fully. But I hope that we don't then drop all these other things because we have people in the building again. We need to keep teaching. Number two, we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. How are we talking about it in the community? Well, we're sending out our stuff online and getting a lot of feedback from that. We have materials that people can read and study. There are ways that we talk about it. That is constantly disseminating it. One of the best things that we ever did was way back before the internet got to be so big. And we had a little Bible class every Wednesday night on the local community outreach channel on TV. I am amazed at how many people actually watched that. Uh, we've also done some one-minute spots that just pop up during the day on the radio. And people hear them. And it amazes me what good that does. Oh, let us think about ways that we can talk about Jesus in all kinds of ways. We're doing it through our homeless work. Uh, we're doing it through our baskets, food baskets. But we're doing it in so many ways, just talking about Jesus. Not necessarily teaching, but talking and being out there. Number three, we can transport. Oh, we need to hand out stuff all the time. We need to get our people to hand out stuff all the time. You think you can't do evangelism? Oh, I know you can, simply by getting something and handing it out. I mean, we pass on stuff all the time. Just the other day, Rebecca was sitting there at the house working on a recipe book that ladies are getting together, I think, for Hannah Williams. I think that's right. That's wonderful. We need to get together and figure out ways to hand out stuff, transporting it to others about Jesus. And that's a good way. And fourth, our training. Constant training. The reason I like lads to leaders so much is the training aspect. It just is a mentality. It's a concept that says, I'm thinking about ways to serve. I'm thinking about ways to use my talents. I'm thinking about ways to be a disciple. I hope we get more involved in lads to leaders. I appreciate the training that comes through our explorers that we didn't even get to experience very much. But it's coming, and it's going to be fantastic because it's just constant training. Fellowship does that. It gets us together and helps us to have time to talk and, and to visit. Oh, and we had a potluck. We did. Right after Benny's funeral, we had a potluck, didn't we, Jack? Worked out great. In fact, it was so good they had food left over and I ate it for lunch today. And I even texted a picture to Joe and said, I used your plate today. 
But you know, we do that stuff and we're talking, we're training, we're helping. The church has a responsibility to be involved in the imprinting process. But finally, third, let me give you these warnings. One, we don't imprint Jesus by imprinting the church of Christ. I don't want people to be a part or to be imprinted with the church of Christ. I want them to be imprinted with Jesus. And there's a difference. We don't imprint Jesus when we imprint the Bible. Oh, we have to have the Bible. It's how we learn about Jesus. But we need to be imprinted with Jesus through the Bible. We don't imprint Jesus if it's all about the preacher or the elders or the deacons or the teachers. Imprint Jesus through them. And it's not imprinting Jesus when we overemphasize programs and actions and works. My dad and I had a conversation this week. We've gotten to a point that it seems that there are people whose religion has become service projects, helping others. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with benevolence and, and being kind to people in need. But I remember in the Old Testament a principle that God said, He demands obedience not sacrifice. And I think some people have identified their imprinting of discipleship of Jesus simply because they're doing good to people. But are they obeying Jesus? Causing them to do good to people? Or is the doing good taking the place of obeying Jesus? We've got to be careful about that. The church of Christ can't take the place of Jesus. The Bible can't take the place of Jesus. Preachers, elders can't take the place of Jesus. Service can't. We need to imprint on Jesus. And as a church and as Christian families, that's our job. Discipleship. I've had different people asking me about things. Are we going to talk about this in discipleship? Every one of the things people have asked me are really good. But when you talk about discipleship, there are a hundred ways you can go. I hope this has been beneficial. And as always, thank you for being with us tonight and joining us online. May God bless our country. May God bless our church. And may God bless each one of us as we become disciples of Jesus and this church helping in that process. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.